Amen. You may be seated. Would you join me in prayer? God, we know, we believe that you are able. We believe at least we're reaching for you, reaching in trust that you might come and do it again. Oh God, lead us, guide us, bring forth the waters of your spirit, pour out the waters of your provision in every cracked or dry place, every parched place in our lives, O oh God. Would your spirit flow in this place? In every parched place, O oh God, might your waters of blessing, your waters of healing, your waters of grace, might it spill into our lives, O oh God. Fill us to overflow. We honor you in this space. We praise you in this space. We thank you for the ways that you are already doing something in our midst. And we ask this all in the name of Amen. Creates, redeems, and sustains. Amen. 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 Oh, good morning, CERT family. It is so good to see you all in person and also. Thank you to those of you who are joining us online. We see you and we remember you as well. Um, if we have not met before, my name is Kiana. I serve as one of the pastors on staff. Um, and as Reverend Lisa said this morning, um, we welcome you into this space. And um, we acknowledge that our worshipful work would not be done without you here. Um, so our passage, our assigned passage this morning, is from the book of Exodus. And the word Exodus is from uh, the Greek translation of the Bible, um, exodos, and that word means the road out. On this road out from Egypt is where we find our story this morning. The road out for around 400 years of enslavement in Egypt and now on the road to a promised land of possibility. If you've ever taken a road out, I'm sorry, y'all. We always have a situation with my mic. It likes to dance around. It gets excited. So thank you for bearing with us. Um, but if you've ever taken a road out from something, some place, if you've ever taken a road out from a situation you know there's often a journey that separates 
the place of oppression, the place of the past, and the place of full healing. Between Egypt and the promised land, there is the wilderness. And as we as CERT have called it, the in-between. And it's here in the midst of that in-between journey um, that we find our story. So I would love to invite one of our CERT family members, Liz, to come up and read the scripture for the morning. A reading from Exodus chapter 17. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do for this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. When was the last time you felt empty? Exhausted. When was the last time you felt tired, worn out, hungry, thirsty, or in need? I should start the sermon out with a confession. I am a person who gets hangry. <laughs> if you're familiar with the word hangry, it's a combination of the words hungry and angry. If I don't have food or a snack every few hours, I start to shrivel up like a little grape in the sun, <laughs> and my responses to normal questions uh, turn into one-word answers. How am I? Good. How's my day? Fine. The same goes for water. If hangry is hungry plus angry, then thangry might be thirsty and angry. Just this morning, I was walking, um, trying to go through sermon details in my mind, drinking water at the same time, and Pastor Lisa walked past me, and she just said, hydration, hydration. 
And it's for these reasons and more that God chose to not place me in the Sinai desert. <laughs> because this Israelite community is not traveling through the shops at North Hills. They're traveling through waterless land, dry plains, no sustenance. The sun is beating down on them. They've been walking and wandering for days. Their lips are cracking, energy depleting. Their steps have slowed. Because of the thirst, because of their thirst, the people fight and complain to Moses, and Moses complains to God. On one hand, I can sympathize with Moses' frustration because of the story's context. So just a chapter before the story, the community hungers and argues because of their need for food. God hears their cries and provides a miracle manna from heaven in response. Sound familiar? I love the imagery from Meg Janista as she describes the context of this story. She says it's as if they wake up just the day after the miracle of manna, and I quote, with manna crumbs still in their beards, they set out to tell Moses that neither God nor Moses can be trusted to provide. So in light of this, yes, I can understand why Moses would be frustrated. But on the other hand, these people have genuine needs. They're not asking for pumpkin spice lattes with oat milk delivered to their door. They're asking for water. And while humans can survive weeks without food, we can only survive days without proper hydration. This is a matter of life and death. Their organs will literally start shutting down. And for a community that has lived um, in survival mode in Egypt for 400 years, it's no wonder that this crisis of water turns into a spiritual crisis as well. In light of their trauma, past and present, they ask, God, are you really among us? God, are you really among us? And while Moses shakes his head and says, what do I do with these people? God reveals God's self as the God of provision, the God of the wellspring, God of the overflow. The Lord said to Moses, I will be standing there in front of you. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that people may drink. The adults able to drink come, drops of water spilling out of their mouths. Children, babies gulp and giggle to their heart's content. The elders, or seasoned folk if you will, were the first to see it bursting from the rock. Even the animals had their needs met. All were given the water they needed. All were given water to quench their thirst. So it was even as they questioned God, 
God was willing to bend down and meet them in their needs. God meets them with a wellspring that spills into their dry mouths, dry hands, spills into the desert, bringing back to life all of those places that are cracked and withered and worn. This God, this God desires to fill all parched places with an overflow. And this God, um, the story recorded so that generations would remember that this is the God who is still among us here. For the past month, since our um, seven-year anniversary, um, Pastor Lisa has been sharing about this theme of the season for us as a church, the theme of Jubilee. Um, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen any of these sermons yet, we invite you to go back and, and watch some of them um, because we've been discovering Jubilee as a year and time and space of God's favor for us. It's the season of freedom and harvest and wholeness. Jubilee is life and freedom and provision. Jubilee is the overflow of God among us. And I've been noticing that for some of us, getting on the Jubilee train has been easy. Maybe you have been living in that Jubilee already, rejoicing in the knowledge and sense that God's overflow is here and now for you. And if this is your season, I say yes and amen. And may it continue to be so in your life. May God continue to supply the waters of freedom and liberation for you. But I want to name, too, that for others, or maybe for all of us just at different times and seasons, Jubilee might seem like a journey away, a wilderness away. This full jubilee that Reverend Lisa has been talking about, full healing, full wellness, wholeness, a full sense of hope and joy, all of these things sometimes seem like a dry desert away, especially in the context and world we are living in. But what I love about this story is that it reveals a God who's not just waiting for us to reach the place of arrival before we can have a taste of abundance. God does not need us to rush our own process. God does not need us to skip through the desert, to ignore the pain or tension of our current circumstances. God is the God who shows up in the middle, in the midst of the desert of our lives. While we're still on our way, while it seems like we have so much farther to go, while we are looking around and asking ourselves, is God among us or not? As these words leave our lips, as the manna from the last miracle is still on our mouths, as these questions stir up in our hearts about God's presence, As we wonder if jubilee, if overflow, if abundance could be for us. It's in that, 
in that journey that God is willing to bring the overflow. That God is willing so that every place, every parched place in our lives, in our neighborhood's lives, in the community we live in, God wants the parched places, the wounded and salty places, the places of weariness and wound. In these places, God desires to bring about waters of healing and overflow. And so it's my prayer for us, um, for whatever parched places that you see or feel, both within you and around you, that God would reign over you the waters of blessing, that God would reign over you and in your life the waters of healing, the waters of justice, waters of grace, waters of whatever you need. I was recently able to go on a silent retreat, um, and I found myself um, just with a book that was filled with journal entries from Mother Teresa. And in her journals, she speaks so much about the importance of stillness and silence as a way of hearing from God. Um, and so, and it's in light of that that I am believing that um, God not only speaks through what we call the sermon or the word, um, but that God can also speak in the silence that we take. Um, that God doesn't really need even my voice, um, but that the Holy Spirit could be moving as we sit and still ourselves. Um, so it's in light of that that I am going to invite us um, into a prayerful reflection. And I'll invite David back up. And as we're here, um, I'm also going to invite us, um, yes, to look at this image on the screen. Um, so this, this piece is by John August Swanson, um, who was a Mexican-American artist who painted this piece in the 1980s. Um, and I, I offer this as a, another means of meditation, um, because for some of us, maybe closing our eyes is actually not a form of stillness right now. Maybe you need something to rest your gaze. Um, but whatever feels most comfortable for you, I invite you to, to find your posture of prayer. Find a posture of prayer that is comfortable for you as we move through some guided questions together. I invite us to ask, where in your life do you need God's overflow? Where in your life do you need God's overflow? This need might be in a certain circumstance. It might 
be a need in a situation, a habit. You might have a need in a relationship, a friendship. Where in your life do you need God's overflow? And when you are ready, might you bring this need before God? Might you pray in your heart and say, God, this is where I need you. Or maybe it's not a certain area, but you just know you need God in every place of your, right, your life right now. Over school, over work, in your family, in your health, in your grieving, in your healing. Might you name that and bring this before God. And if you need to stay there, I invite you to stay there um, as we move on to the next question. What type of overflow do you desire in your life? That might mean an overflow of healing, overflow of grace, Maybe you need an overflow of provision. Maybe you need God's presence, um, an overflow in community, in relationships. Maybe you need um, a new overflow in um, your purpose, your business. Maybe you need an overflow of joy. Maybe you need an overflow of peace. Might you bring that before God as well? And ask God for what you need. Lastly, I'm actually going to invite you to silently um, and briefly turn and look at those who are sitting next to you in your row. You can just briefly, you know, say, wave a little bit <laughs> or just be aware of who is sitting next to you and around you, even if you don't know them, um, and, and return back to that, that posture of prayer. And as you return back, um, might you offer a prayer for those sitting next to you? Pray that um, God's overflow would be real and present in their lives. Pray that God would receive and hear whatever prayers they have prayed.
in this space and that God would give them overflow even if um, the words are too hard right now. God, we thank you that you are willing to bring forth the waters of your blessing in our lives. May you hear and receive those prayers both that we were able to name and maybe the prayers we were unable to name. Would you catch all of it? And whatever we need, whatever we've asked, would you meet us with the waters of your grace, O oh God? We thank you that you are willing, you desire to meet us in our needs. And that in these parched places, that you would just say one word and let it be so. We ask all of this in the name of the one who redeems and redeems 